We could think of the season of Lent as a time of entering into the desert. Yeah, like Jesus did. But when we think about deserts, it doesn't sound like such a fun place to go. Right? It sounds hot, dry. Um, sounds like um, a place where we'd be hungry and thirsty. An uncomfortable place. But how about entering the desert with Jesus? And journeying through the desert with Jesus yeah, is the most important part. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's the desert or the Arctic or the jungle. I think as long as we're journeying with the person of Jesus, yeah, it's the best place for us to be. In the gospel, we heard that the Spirit drove Jesus into the desert, and there he was tempted by Satan. How come? Don't we pray in the Our Father, lead us not into temptation? By going to the desert and resisting the temptations of the devil, Jesus is teaching us by example. In the face of temptation, you know, we're to turn towards God, trust in his word, and find security in him rather than earthly allurements. The desert is the place where God tests his servants in order to strengthen them. It's a place where disciples can grow in virtue and holiness. It's not a place that's devoid of God's presence, but rather a place where he reveals himself and manifests his love. Lent, then, is an opportunity. It's a time of renewal, purification, and deeper conversion. And the church, in her wisdom, prescribes three practices, right? prayer, almsgiving, and fasting. Prayer. Yeah, we know of many ways to pray. Um, the, best pray the best prayer, by the way, the fullest, most complete prayer that we know of is what we're doing right here, right now, participating in Mass. Yeah, but let's turn our focus to one particular way, praying with sacred scripture, praying with the word of God. Uh, we know from the other gospels that Jesus is tempted three times by the devil. And in all three instances, Jesus resists Satan by quoting scripture. That the Bible is really a book of answers for the believer. It's our lifeline if we allow it to be. To that end, yeah, can I recommend one simple way to pray 
with Scripture during Lent and beyond. All right, it composed of four steps. Step one is select a passage and read it slowly. You know, this is kind of similar to Lexio Divina. With that selected passage, read it slowly a second time and then a third and pay close attention to which word, words, or phrases jumps out and tugs at your heart. Step two, you think about your life. How does the Bible passage connect or relate to it? You know, look within yourself. Step three, talk to God, converse with him as if he were a real person. He is real and he is listening. Talk to God about how the Bible passage shed light on some particular aspect of your life. Step four, ask yourself, how is the Bible passage calling me to change or accept the things I cannot change in my life? Almsgiving, otherwise known as charitable works. It teaches us to separate ourselves from material possessions, yet beyond what we need, beyond what's necessary. By freely giving of our money, possessions, our resources, our time, we learn to trust the Lord more deeply in our daily needs. During Lent, a good question we could ask ourselves is, am I consuming more than what I need? What we have comes from God's goodness, His generosity, and is meant to be shared for the benefit of the common good. Through almsgiving, we express our love for God in our love for neighbor. And it makes a practical difference in the lives of those in need. Fasting. The goal of fasting is to increase our hunger and thirst for God. We shouldn't be fasting because it's hard or challenging. And we shouldn't allow fasting to make us grumpy and uncharitable towards others. That kind of defeats the purpose. In the Gospel on Friday, the Pharisees criticized Jesus' disciples for not fasting like them. Jesus tells them, can the wedding guests mourn? Can they fast as long as the bridegroom is with them? When we relate this to the Mass, right, we can think of, well, first before that, uh, so what fasting during the season of Lent, um, you know, between the ages of 18 and 59, unless, you know, you are, are sick, uh, seriously ill, right, there are two days where 
the days that we're supposed to fast, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. But I recommend if you're able to, yeah, try fasting other days as well. Again, it, it helps, it reminds us through our physical uh, hunger of our hunger for God. Uh, other than that, we also fast before we come to Mass, right? One hour before we receive Holy Communion. And that's to prepare us to receive Jesus in the Eucharist worthily. Okay, so going back to fasting, uh, at the Mass, we're with the bridegroom, we're with Jesus. And it's not supposed to be a time of fasting, but rather a time of feasting. It's a great banquet, it's a feast that God has invited us to. The Mass is a foretaste of the heavenly banquet where we are fed, we're given the best food. Have you ever thought about the Mass as a feast? And have you ever meditated on the Mass as a banquet? Now just look at the structure of the Mass. It's structured like a great meal. Right? Uh, like any meal, we prepare ourselves accordingly, right? We go to the bathroom and we wash our hands. Yeah, the structure of the Mass is, is set up in a similar way, right? In the beginning, we have the penitential rite, right? So that we can cleanse ourselves, right? We're forgiven of our sins, of our venial sins, to prepare for, you know, the great feasting that's to come. Right? This is one good reason why you know, we should do our best to come to Mass on time. We don't want to miss out on the washing, the spiritual washing and cleansing before the feast. All right, what about the Liturgy of the Word, right, where we're fed with the Word of God? And the homily, yeah, hopefully it's palatable. It's supposed to help the people, you know, swallow and digest God's word. And the liturgy of the Eucharist, it's kind of like the main course. In the Eucharist, we receive the bread of angels, our daily bread, heavenly bread. The Lord gives himself to us completely in his body and blood. You know, when we go to a restaurant, we look at the menu and we actively decide what we want to eat, what we hunger for, right? And we should do the same thing when we come to Mass. We should be in that mindset, that active mindset of choosing. It's Christ, it's His body and blood that I hunger for. I think we could get kind of stuck in this routine. We're so used to it. It becomes a habit where, you know, we passively just receive the Eucharist, right? It's right before us. But I think it would be much more fruitful for us if we actively choose Him, choose Him in the Eucharist. 
So these three practices during Lent, it's meant to deepen and sanctify our relationship with God and others. Lent is not so much what we give up, but rather what we give to God and others. So this Lent, let's give God everything we've got.